0: I've been focusing a reasonable amount in recent meditation classes on the inner eye. What that does is this: uh, so there's a there's a concept which is it's it's not liked by the uh, kind of narrative the dogmatic establishment um, science doesn't like it although there are scientific papers on it um, despite the fact that it's part of everybody's life and it's self-evident like a slap in the face uh, not not much study's been done and that's the witness okay so I, I use that term the, the other way to to uh, refer to it is the observer So there is an observer, an an awareness that's aware of our experience. Now, searching for it, attempting to perceive it, is all part of the meditative game. And, you know, I mean the group, for instance, the, the people who've popped up and said good evening tonight. I know you've all been meditating for a couple of years, plus some of you in... In some cases, many decades, and so you will you will be comfortable with the concept that there's an observer and a thinker. This is the way that Eckert Toller describes it to simplify it, and I, I quite like that the observer and the thinker. But I do prefer the name the witness because what it does is it clarifies the passive nature. You see, the observer, when someone in a, is an observer, there is a sense that they're active, whereas the witness, the concept of the witness, is more passive. So observing our actions implies that we're you know, focusing on them in a kind of uh, methodical manner, whereas if we're witnessing our actions... Something happens and we notice it, and that's closer to the experience. Uh, well, it isn't always the experience because sometimes we are focusing on this, focusing on that. But generally, during meditation, we don't. We tend not to do that. If there is a focus, it tends to be on a single point. Um, although I must admit, the <laughs> meditations I've been teaching recently are, are intermediate and advanced, really insofar as if you're new it it might scramble you up a little bit and so what the what the benefit of that is is that it really helps us to become familiar with the nature of the mind so i you know what what is the mind and there's all sorts of definitions uh but i i I tend to try to keep coming back to first principles for everything. Uh, and so to me the mind is thoughts and emotions. Pretty much everybody who refers to the mind tends to refer to thoughts. Uh, but I'm aware of the, the deep connection between thoughts and emotions and so i don't think it's helpful to to separate them out in in terms of viewing the mind i don't perceive i don't see that the witness is is part of that process i see that the mind is entirely subconscious we don't know what we're going to think next we know what we don't know what we're going to feel next really so it isn't a, an active process of agency whereby we are in control of our internal processes and we orchestrate them and author our processes. What happens is that action is a collaboration between many, many systems. And this, there's an awful lot of evidence of this from studies of um, perception. And studies of behavior and action and so on. So all of these, in in terms of the brain, it's all distributed, just let's just leave it at that. Um, The the single awareness, which is the witness, which is the only it's the only consistently experienced part of our lives. Whenever we're aware. It's that awareness that's aware of the awareness, aware of the experience. Everything else changes. So thoughts change, emotions change, perspectives change, reality changes. We learn new things, we forget things, we change our perspective. And so it's it's all subject to change, but this awareness is there throughout our entire life. And it's not something, it's almost a taboo subject actually. And uh so it's it's firmly in the mumbo jumbo category. But the the act of locating it is as close as we can get to it. And so what it does is it it creates a state of mind known as witness consciousness. And why would why would one want witness consciousness well the main reason for that is because it is a post- process of passive observation of our experience and it, it's a v- incredibly powerful intervention and, and what are we intervening in we're intervening in in the cycle of um, behavioral response that we are designed for so we're designed to respond to experiences and there are a lot of systems involved in that there's instinct there's habit um, there's emotion there's the context of the experience do, 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 lots, lots and lots and lots of things uh, as, as a way of intervening in that process and leaving ourselves in a place where there's a wise response there's nothing comes close so that process the the process of locating our awareness in the inner eye we're gonna have a little play with that today and as well as that we'll also have a look at the breath and What I'll do is I'll combine them into a meditation practice, which is also a practice that we can use in our day as an intervention practice. So you just want to get yourselves comfortable. I shall sound the bell and begin the meditation. is an invitation to become aware of our posture, of the sense of being here now, of the breath, of tightness and tension in the body or discomfort, or fatigue, or impatience, or whatever happens to be arising. Whatever the state of mind and the state of the body is, we are tuning into it. We're reconnecting to the body, to the breath, and to the present moment, and actually to each other as well. Because we're doing this in unison. So we're part of a group of meditators, although we're scattered around the place. And this is a very powerful thing. And what we're doing is relaxing in, but leaning into the experience of the present moment. What the body is telling us. We're opening up the channels of communication. The body mind, as the Advaita Vedanta Hindu tradition refers to it as the combination of the mind and the body, sending us signals about our physiological and emotional and cognitive and spiritual state and we begin the the practice by allowing that information into our awareness so this is the first step of engaging the awareness which is where the focus is. So the focus is on what is arising in the present moment in my body and in my mind. And we're using the power of the breath. first connection to the breath now. We've connected to the awareness through focus focus on the messages from the body and now we're connecting to the breath and using the power of the out breath the system that moves us from alertness to relaxation and the out breath is the relaxing breath We're connecting to that and through our focus on the out-breath and our focus on the body and whatever the messages are from the body, we're acknowledging it. So whatever the body's telling us, I'm fatigued I'm angry, I'm anxious, I'm tired, I'm hungry i I'm impatient. there's unsatisfactor, whatever it is. it might be joy, it might be happiness, it might be contentment. It doesn't matter what it is. We're noticing that as we breathe out. it's a way of reconnecting with the body and the rising and falling of the breath is our way of reconnecting to the present moment just practice this for the next few minutes Opening the mind-body connection to our awareness, recognising the messages, bringing our awareness to that part of the body on the out-breath. just connecting our focus so if the witness is a flashlight the focus is the beam of the flashlight and we've been illuminating the body wherever the mind has chosen following its lead And now, the beam of that flashlight, we take control of that and we focus it on the breath in the belly, just at the point where the belly meets the chest. And we're focusing our awareness on the movement. Just noticing the rising and falling. It's totally up to us if we choose to repeat that in the mind. As the belly rises, say so in the mind rising, as the belly falls, we say in the mind falling. Or we just notice the movement. So, totally personal preference. Busy mind folk tend to prefer the mantra, the repeated statement. As the belly rises, saying the mind rising. As the belly falls, saying the mind falling. cultivating the beginnings of witness consciousness. We're learning to experience the state of mind that arises as we observe something, a neutral experience, the movement of the belly It's neither good nor bad. That tiny movement. We're just noticing it up. Belly rising, belly falling. ancient practice, many millennia old. Called following the breath. And again, out of preference, if you prefer to notice the breath in the nostrils, that's what you can do doesn't matter I'll just practice that for a few minutes So if you're focused on the breath in the nostrils, now divert your attention to movement of the belly and allow yourself to notice the belly rising and falling and move your attention to a place midway between the belly button and the lower back just below it so it's right in the center of your body This is what the Chinese call the Dan And If it helps to visualize it, you can visualize it as a tiny bead of light. The same shape and color and brightness as a distant star And so there above it, the belly's rising and falling. You're focusing on this traditional source of energy. So what we've done here is we're shining the flashlight on that place. As we're focusing our attention on it. And then there's the torch or flashlight itself, the location of the torch and flashlight. We tend to look down at the Dantian. But what we can do is allow our sense of place in the universe. To sink down through the body, past the belly, to the Dantian. So we're then aware of the belly rising and falling above us. There's a sense of position. A place in space from which we're aware of our surroundings, and so we're mo- in this practice. We're moving it from where it is traditionally in the West to where it is traditionally in the East. Some of you may observe a rubber band effect, where you bounce back up again. Others might find this easy. One thing that happens is we can position ourselves there and then the attention wavers for a moment and we've kind of bounced back up to the western place, which is somewhere in the head. this doesn't matter. It's not critical in any way that you can achieve this easily. And so now allow the sense of awareness of the place from which you perceive everything to rise up to the inner eye, which is the place behind the eyes and just above them and between them. And we're still noticing the breath. But that's where we're noticing the breath from. from the inner eye. So this is where the flashlight is now. The light, the focus of the awareness, is downward on the movement of the belly. Or, if you prefer, still downward, on the nostrils. And so here's the practice. This will be fuzzy. Sometimes our sense of place as being the inner eye might drift. And when it does, as you breathe in, reposition it. So that in breath is drawing our sense of place to the inner eye from where we perceive everything internal and external and then back to noticing the breath we're using the draw of the in-breath to draw our consciousness to that place our awareness from which we witness all of our experience and that sense of the in-breath bringing us there and just notice what arises when you do that So this is the intervention practice that we can use in our day. When we notice our body taking over, the autopilot taking over, habitual behaviors, the the system running without awareness, breathing in, bring our sense of awareness to the inner eye and there's a tiny moment of serenity which we can repeat with every in-breath So, this is a presence of mind practice. Clearly, if the autopilot's running during the day afterwards, we might say to ourselves, oh, I wish I remembered to do that thing, but it doesn't matter. Because we're cultivating, if you find this useful in meditation, calming, relaxing, refocusing. If you discover presence, mindfulness through it. Repeating it in your meditation, we're cultivating the practice for when we're not meditating. Noticing the sound of the bell, announcing the movement in time of the present moment. okay so that's that's something I do Uh, I don't do it all the time I don't always necessarily have the presence of mind to do it there are many times when I look back and I think well that would have been a really useful practice Um, it's not necessarily going to work for everyone just like all of the other practices remember the Chinese menu theory you know you've got to try them all out different people will enjoy different practices find them useful in different ways so on and so on and so on um, but if it does work for you and it works for you like it does for me then it's an incredibly powerful tool both in meditation and in life